0: You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities.
1: You know, this mass M&A that we're seeing, they're tying up all these cheap ounces. And once that gets tied up, I mean, the way I see it is it's a clear indicator that gold is undervalued right now. And, you know, it can really only go up from here.
0: Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Bill Powers, your host. If you'd like to engage the show or you're new to the show, uh, feel free to email me at bill at com. I always appreciate uh, your feedback uh, and questions or suggestions. Well, joining me today is my friend Jamie Keach from Resource Insider. If you're not familiar with Resource Insider, you can head over to the website. It's resource-insider.com. And if you flip back in this podcast or YouTube channel back about 18 months to July of 2018, that was my first interview with Jamie. And you can get more of Jamie's background and how he came to move from being a mining engineer to being a mining financier and a deal maker. Uh, with that being said, Jamie, welcome back to Mining Stock Education. And uh, what are your thoughts with all this billions of dollars of M&A activity and $80 million bought deals that's occurring? What do you think the significance of all this is? Hey,
1: Bill. Yeah, thank you very much for having me back on the show again. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, so what is my thoughts on all the M&A currently going on in the gold space? Uh, my number one thought is it's a good thing. Uh, it's an exciting thing for those of us who work in the mining industry, for those of us who invest in the mining industry. This is, you know, it's, a, it's an exciting time. And, you know, after, as you know well, so many years of a bear market to see these rumbles and these these mergers happening, uh, you know, it, it's very exciting. Now, to get more in detail on that, what do I think about it specifically? I think sort of M&A is happening for two reasons. Now, a lot of the companies will say things like, you know, we were reaching a critical mass, it's gonna increase uh, operational efficiency, and that's all good and well, and, and there's some truth to that. But the number one reason why I will see M&A happening is because it is cheaper and more efficient to acquire ounces. So that means to acquire companies that have known gold ounces in the ground, whether they are at the development stage or they're in the operation stage than it is to actually go out and explore. And, you know, this mass M&A that we're seeing, they're tying up all these cheap ounces. And once that gets tied up, I mean, the way I see it is it's a clear indicator that gold is undervalued right now. And, you know, it can really only go up from here.
0: And it's bullish for exp- exploration companies as well.
1: It's bullish for exploration companies in the long term. So once, I mean, once all the, the known gold has been acquired, companies are going to actually have to go out and start looking for new gold. They're going to have to start replenishing these resources in the sort of <laughs> the old-fashioned way, uh, where you actually go out and explore and use a drill bit and you find more gold in the ground and. I think we're quickly uh, coming up on a market where that's the reality where, you know, these companies reach their critical mass where first that, you know, we, we just saw it uh, earlier this week with Equinox gold merging or acquiring Leia gold. Uh, I believe it was a merger of equals. So they were basically acquired, they merged at market value. So you're not yet seeing companies go for a premium and that's going to be the next step. So you're going to see companies getting bought up at a premium and eventually, that's going to be too expensive to do. It's not going to make economic sense. And the dollars are going to start flowing into the exploration space, finding new deposits.
0: What do you think about this? I, when I was at Beaver Creek, I sat down with a CEO of a new gold producer. And then I asked him about some deposits I knew you know, within uh, hundreds of kilometers of his project. And he said, I'm not worried about those. He said, I have so much exploration upside on my land that i'm taking the cash flow now and i'm going to reinvest it into the projects and my concession that i already have do you think that a lot of these gold producers now where the balance sheets may be with the higher gold price nicer that a lot of them are looking more to their own brownfield within what they own rather than even doing jv or strategic partnerships with some of these early-stage exploration companies?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. But if I were to speculate on it, I would say right now the market is not rewarding companies for having speculative ounces in the ground, right? There are times in a, in a throthy, frothy mining market where just having a land package with the, with the high-prospect of having gold answers there it adds value to your value sheet and we're not really seeing that there's not that appetite for this grassroots or high risk expiration so i think these companies are kind of looking at where they're allocating capital and they're seeing you know we're gonna get they're gonna get the lowest hanging fruit is expanding the resource on their existing land package that's where they can best spend their money so that makes perfect sense to me in this gold environment i think the day comes when that changes but i don't know whether that's a year from now or five years from now.
0: When you're looking at early stage opportunities, uh, which is what you do all the time, do you want to see that company have a resource to kind of underpin the fundamental value? Because just when I looked at a couple companies this week, you have companies in good jurisdictions, I mean, really good jurisdictions with a million ounce resource, with a PEA, they're doing exploration drilling and the market cap is like $11 million US. And I mean, I look at that and then you might see a more promoted um, exp- pure exploration company that might be trading at 25 to 35 million. I mean, w- what are your thoughts here? So my
1: thoughts and what I'm typically looking for is, of course, we would always prefer to see ounces in the ground on the balance sheet that underpins the valuation of a company. Um, that being said, at Resource Insider, we've invested in deals that have known resources and we've invested in deals that have no known resources at this time. Uh, what we're really focused on is management teams that are going to be able to add value to an asset, uh, regardless of what stage it's at. You know, we've also invested in producers that are growing production, that are expanding the resource. So I don't look at it as one or the other. However, um at each stage of the mining lifecycle, I'm going to want to see different characteristics in place. I'm going to want to see, I'm going to want to see catalysts that I think are going to add value going forward. A lot of what we do at Resource Insider is, frankly, work with and invest in new companies. Uh, this might sound uh, sort of flippant, but the market tends to like new things—things things that haven't been explored before, things that are not well known. Things that are un- in the hands of a new management team, and we've had a lot of success backing these new management teams or backing these new assets uh, as they go from being a private, uh, you know, small, privately financed company to listing and IPOing. And that's really our area of focus. And it doesn't matter necessarily what stage they're at. We're looking for great teams with new stories that the market can get excited about.
0: Yeah, Jamie's service is for accredited investors, we should mention, so if you're interested in that, yes. again, you can find information at resource-insider.com. Jamie, you've done a couple uh, private deals that are not have not IPO'd, and when you do those deals, do you, you usually negotiate a warrant or a half warrant, or is it strictly stock?
1: It's a case-by-case basis, so we've done uh, deals with warrants, we've done deals without warrants. Uh, you know. Unlike a lot of uh, people in the space, having a warrant is not always a good thing in my mind. I like to see companies that have a super tight share structure, that are heavily owned by management, uh, that are well financed, and that have a clear plan going forward where there's going to be a lot of value add events coming. So I'm looking for great management teams trying to make real discoveries or really expand their Asset base, or really get a mine operating efficiently and, and producing a profit. And you know, you don't need a warrant to make money on those. Of course, warrants are great to have. Of course, they reduce your risk. But you know, I don't always want to be in a company where someone's going to be where all the where all the shareholders who come in in a private placement are going to be selling off their stock and just gutting the share price of that company gutting the shareholder base and holding on to the warrant as an option uh, in the case of event, in, in the case of success i'm actually looking to invest in companies that have a strong shareholder base that want to support that company and you know expect to see success that's
0: that's that's how we view it We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Otis Gold Corp is a gold development and exploration company with quality projects in the pro-mining state of Idaho. Otis's flagship Kilgore project has a resource of 961,000 gold ounces, and its recently published preliminary economic assessment demonstrated an impressive post-tax IRR of 53% at $1,500 gold. In addition to the significant expansion potential at Kilgore, Otis is exploring its highly prospective Oakley project. This Carlin-type gold deposit already has an inferred resource and previous near-surface drilling intersected 123 meters of 0.69 grams per ton gold. Otis Gold Corp. trades in New York under the ticker OGLDF and in Toronto under the ticker OOO. That's triple O. To learn more, go to otisgold.com. That's otisgold.com. When you assess the management team, do you look at, especially the key leaders of the management team, are you looking at how many other deals that they are involved in and where their time is divided? Because as I've looked at some opportunities and then I research uh, the management, they're involved in so many things. I'm asking myself, how much time can they actually devote to this project?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think you're very much on the right track there, Bill. Like we, The vast majority of what we have done the ceo the key management this is a hundred percent of their time they are devoted to a discovery in this area or to putting this mine in production or whatever that the task may be i'm not really looking for someone that has 150 things on the go and this is just one deal that they think they can promote and maybe get the bump the stock up we're working with people that are trying to make really really great companies and that needs to be 100 percent of their focus because as you no doubt know by now, and probably a lot of your listeners know, is that the mining industry is hard, things go wrong, it's actually very, very challenging to have any sort of success, and it's almost impossible to have success if you're putting 25% of your time into a
0: company. In one of my recent interviews with Warren Irwin, who you know from uh, Rosso Asset Management, he said, you not only need to pay attention to the mining cycle when you're investing in this sector, but you need to pay attention to the cycle of mining friendliness of a particular company, toward country towards the mining industry. Uh, my question is regarding South America. Are you willing to go into places in South America right now? And when you do, do you kind of do that at, uh, assessment of saying like, hey, I might have like a three to five year run with a friendly government and then we expect it to turn? What? How does that factor into your due diligence in South America?
1: So the short answer is yes, uh, absolutely. We're invested. I'm invested in many countries in South America. Um, the longer answer is, you know, not all countries are created equal. Investing in Chile versus Argentina versus Ecuador, they're all... A different risk profile, uh, and we, we look at it on, on a case by case basis. I think what you're saying and what Warren obviously said was, was spot on. There are good times to be in certain countries, and there are bad times to be in certain countries. I mean, this is probably not demonstrated anywhere more starkly uh, than Venezuela right now. Venezuela has got to be one of the hardest companies, or rather, one of the hardest countries. In the world to to mine in or or any sort of resource extraction, and i don't know if anybody is doing it successfully right now however if you go back uh 15 or 20 years it was one of the the hot areas to to explore to develop um you know crystal x had their 20 million ounce mine there robert friedland had vengold there i did an interview with a gentleman named simon Ridgway who had a tremendous amount of success in venezuela and at the time, Colombia was the no-go zone. Obviously, there were the narco wars and all sorts of other challenging aspects going on in Colombia. And today, Colombia is considered a uh, you know a premier jurisdiction. What was the? I'm drawing a blank here, Bill. What was the company that just got taken out by Zijin there?
0: Um, continental.
1: Yeah. So, you know, they just got taken out by in Colombia. There's billions of dollars rushing into that company now. If you don't think that that's going to spur. A rush of explorers and juniors going in there you're crazy because as soon as they see those big chinese majors coming in that's gonna you know that's gonna that's gonna open up that frontier in the venture space's eyes in a way that it probably hasn't been yet so all these countries go through cycles i think one of the most interesting ones right now is ecuador and ecuador has been you know quote unquote hot for a couple of years now um but it's got a, it's got its good times and its bad times. And now we're in a better time, but it's, I'm, you know, I'm invested in that country and I'm watching it very closely to see where it goes over the coming years.
0: When you talk to the people in your network, uh, you know, the key management of royalty companies, exploration companies, gold producers, if there is more interest and more capital that's beginning to come into this sector, do you sense that a lot of these, um, Management teams want to get deals done while we're still close to the bottom because they have to be contrarian to be successful as well. And how does that affect your business when you're at the table negotiating deals for your subscribers?
1: I do think there is a an element in the air of sort of strike while the iron is hot. And a lot of teams, it's interesting, especially the bigger companies that I'm that I know well. They're starting to see capital. A lot of the royalty companies uh, is there's a lot of money trickling into that space that hasn't, there's a lot of money flooding into that space that hasn't trickled down through the industry yet. And they're at an advantage. And I think there is a, at least internal pressure on management teams to get assets while the going is good. Um, How that impacts me, uh, that actually impacts me very well. And we have a unique strategy at Resource Insider. Um, We come into deals that are led by great groups. Uh, t- you know, typically we don't want to be, uh, and I can go into this in some depth if you, if you want, but we don't want to be the number one investor in a company. I don't want a company relying on me and my the investors that I work with to support them all the way through, uh, you know, to the end goal. What I try to do is partner with great, uh, high net worth individuals. We've invested alongside Lucas Lundin. I try to part, I try to work with big funds that are investing in the same deals as us. We've invested on the same terms as, for example, Greenstone Capital or London or royalty companies. We've invested in deals alongside Mavericks Metals, alongside Sandstorm Gold. So we offer retail support on these these deals that are typically led by big institutions, uh, corporates or super high net worth individuals. And there's good reasons in terms of why you structure a company, why you want to have a retail element of it. So, you know, that's the niche we fill. And it also also gives me some some personal assurance on these deals that we're coming into. So if you're working with these big funds and these royalty companies or, um, or super high net worth individuals, often these groups will have big teams doing months and months and months of due diligence before they make an investment. So... When I come in uh, to an investment on the same terms as Greenstone, as the same terms as Sandstorm, I know that they have put that through the rigor uh, in terms of making sure it meets their investment criteria, making sure there's 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 really a pot of gold at that end, at the end of that rainbow, and it gives me a lot of confidence. It gives you know our members a lot of confidence because let's like let's face it, you know most most big investment decisions in this sector, most big professional investors, it's not just one person doing this. It's not some mining guru. It's a team of geologists, of engineers, of accountants and bankers and corporate development people that do months and months of due diligence. And there's this, uh, there's this fallacy in the newsletter space in particular, that there are these people out there that know everything and that there are these mining gurus. And that is not the approach we take At Resource Insider. You know, we try to approach this as professional investors. And what that means is understanding the complexity of these styles of investments, of these projects, of the countries that they're operating in. And that takes people with expertise across sometimes a dozen disciplines. And we really try to reach out and leverage those skill sets. And so I love these deals that are coming through right now because. In my network, I know a lot of these big institutional investors, and we piggyback with them on these deals, and it's worked out awesome for me. It's worked out really well for our members, and I'm extremely excited about what's coming down the pipeline over the next year.
0: Having said that, are you seldom the lead order on a private placement then?
1: Yeah, we are almost never the lead order on a private placement. We are a component of it. You know, An example of a company that we invested in at Resource Insider is called uh, Montage. And Montage is, its a it was built out of a merger. It's a Cote d'Ivoire focused Explorer Co. They have well over a million ounces uh, in resource right now. But you know the lead order on that was Lucas Lundin. And Sandstorm Gold came in. And the gentleman at Pathway Capital came in. And Resolute Mining came in. And Invesco came in, one of the biggest funds in the world. And so we filled a component of that, but we were not the lead order and seeing these big institutions talking to their corp dev teams, talking to their management teams about why they're doing this deal, you know, that gives me a lot of assurance, it gives my members a lot of assurance, and it allows us to frankly get access to things that we wouldn't be able to if just by myself.
0: Jamie, there's a lot of people that are listening to us that are not accredited investors. As we conclude here, what would be some of your thoughts that you'd like to share with those that are not accredited that have been listening to this conversation?
1: So, uh, yes, our services for accredited investors. So I actually personally rarely buy things on the market. Uh, You know, my advantage is leveraging my network and participating in these private placement deals. However, uh, there are good stocks out there that you can buy. Um, You know, I'll, I'll I'll talk a bit of my own book at the moment. One of them right now is Equinox gold. Uh, you know I can explain why I think that you know and i I will preface this by saying I am heavily biased. I own a lot of stock in Equinox gold and have done for many years now. I used to work with Equinox gold. I was there uh, when it was formed. I spent three years uh, with the senior management. I think I was the third fourth person hired at the company, so I am very embedded in that world and know those people very well but you've got equinox gold right now that's going through a merger with Gold. now right now equinox gold trades at 0.7 nav nav is the net asset value so that means the value of the actual assets in the company the mines uh that are actively producing at equinox obviously being the star of that so 0.7 nav means it's 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 actually Trading at less than those mines are worth, which is not uncommon for a small producer. However, when this merger happens, it's going to be a different story altogether. They're going to be producing. I believe it is in 2020. The plan will be to produce something like 700, 704,000 ounces per year. So on the TSX, the average, um, the average sort of ratio to trading at NAV at that is one times NAV. So if this holds true, you can expect a bump there. Now, Ross Beatty has said this over and over again, and now they're actually on track to do it to get up to a million ounces a year by 2021. What a what a the, the trading of a net asset value for a plus million ounce produced per year is 1.3 NAV. So, if they after this merger, just the scale they will have achieved, and if they just hit the targets that are are planned for the next year and a half. You know, you're you should expect to see a big bump in what they're actually trading at. Now, in addition to that, uh, they're going to be reaching a scale where they're going to start to get on all the indexes, uh, the GDXG, all that stuff, and that means a flood of capital that will have to come in and buy that stock. So, I think Equinox is a really great opportunity right now um, for retail investors at home, people that aren't accredited investors to get into a stable company that is going to be growing aggressively. You know, I worked there, I think it was, I worked there two years ago or a year and a half ago I left, but I started working there about five years ago. And when I started working there, it had a different name. It was called Anthem United. It was a $20 million company. You know, after this transaction, they're going to be, I think it's a $1.3 billion company. This is a company that is growing extremely aggressively um, and is devoted to creating value and to building scale for, to take advantage of a good gold bull market. And I think there's no other example in the market right now of people who are doing what they're doing. And as a shareholder, I'm super excited. As someone who knows that team well, I'm very proud of what they've done and really excited to see what they're going to do over the next couple of years. So that's, that's, that's an example.
0: Thank you. And if I could simplistically just summarize the, the main catalyst for Equinox and just tell me if I'm correct, it would be the re-rating with the price to net asset value, uh, the forced ETF buying and the increase in the gold price. Uh, those are the key catalysts, right?
1: That was a much more eloquent way of putting it than I did, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamie,
0: I've learned a lot from you over the last year and a half since I've known you. As always, I appreciate your insights. Again, if you want to check out Jamie's website, go to resource-insider.com. Thanks for joining me, Jamie.
1: Yeah, and I will add before we go, Resource Insider, we're going to be having a holiday sale. So we have never actually done a discount before, uh, but we're going to have a slight one uh, between Christmas and New Year. So if you are interested, go to resource-insider.com. Sign up to our email list, and you'll get to hear all about it. And if you don't wanna buy it, that's okay. You're still gonna get a lot of uh, really exclusive content, podcasts, videos, articles about what's going on in the space.
0: Thanks, Bill.